welcome back, everybody. So great to hear the boss on a Monday, July 12th. Back from vacation, had a nice week off last week, recharged, little tan. This Jersey guy is ready to go, folks. 303-831-1340. Call or text that number, whatever is on your mind. Again, 303-831-1340. Call or text the number. That brought to you by Go Fast Energy Drink. That is the hotline and the text line. We have so much to talk about. My gosh, if you are a sports fan, it is a sports fan dream right now around the country, around the world. But I'm not going to waste any time. We have a wonderful, wonderful guest with us today. I've got him for 25 minutes. Let's stop goofing around. Tim Neverett, good morning, my friend. How are you doing? Great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing okay. Man, we have a lot in common, my friend. We're going to get along just fine. East Coasters, I lived in L.A. for a while. Huge sports fan. Uh, give the folks out there who are listening, you're, you're with the Dodgers now, you're the Dodgers play-by-play guy, give the folks listening now maybe a 30, 60-second little history of Tim Neverett. <laughs> well, uh, a lot of it came through Denver, which was good. And, um, you know, when I was in Denver, I had worked for uh, one of the sports radio stations, a couple of them actually, including this one. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> and and uh, I had also done a lot of television Um with uh, Comcast and with with uh, what was then, which now AT and T Sportsnet. It was it was uh, FSN Rocky Mountain at the time, and had done you know things with the with the Rockies and college sports and lots of different things in the Denver area. But I had, I'd been you know in Las Vegas before that, and then uh, got a job with the Pittsburgh Pirates. They offered me a chance to go there and be radio and TV, and uh, did that and left to go to the Red Sox and then got an opportunity with the Dodgers. And that's kind of where I'm at at this point in time. East coast guy and you, uh, Emerson grad, correct? Yeah. I uh, graduated there and, uh, actually teach there now, uh, as well. Nice. Um, I, I work in the school of sports communications. Uh, and they were really good about working it around my baseball schedule and, and uh, winter travel schedule as well. So it's, uh, it's worked out pretty well. That's wonderful. Didn't Henry Winkler go to Emerson, the Fonz? You know, it's funny. He did, and when I was a student, um, I actually literally bumped into him on campus one day in, in the city, uh, in Boston. And uh, it, he just happened to be in Boston for something. He decided to come back to see what was happening. He was, just, he was there unannounced. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I'm walking down walking down the street, and I look at this guy. I go, "That's the font." <laughs> and so I just I just walked up to him, and uh, we, we talked for a little bit, and it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, to me, to you, he's bigger than life. I don't think my producer has any idea who's 23 years old, by the way, who Henry Winkler and the Fonz is. But he, 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 you know, he's bigger than life. That that's a wonderful story. I know we want to talk about your book, and and I'm very excited to talk about. It, but I just had a couple other few uh, questions for you. Just baseball in general. What do you think the state of baseball is right now, in, in compared to other sports? If you want, and compared to other time periods in baseball, what's the state of baseball right now in your mind? I think it's a it's a pretty open ended question because yep. <laughs> baseball baseball is a sport that probably invokes the most debate out of any sport. Uh, you've got people who like the DH. You have people who don't like the DH. Mm-hmm. You have people that. Uh, don't like how the uh, foreign substances things being handled. You have people who like it. It's 
you have people who want to see home runs. You have people who want to see stolen bases and the hit and run and the sacrifice bunt. I mean, you could, you could you could go to a ball game with a friend and you could argue for nine innings yeah. about baseball. So it's it, it's just it, it, the state of the game is like I think more a matter of opinion than anything else. I mean, you know, the, the physical state of the game it's it's healthy even though they lost hundreds of millions of dollars last year due to the pandemic you know some of that is coming back and for many of these teams it's going to take them a while to recover you know in the rockies case getting the all-star game you know was was such a a a bonus i guess for them uh because they're going to put on a great show you know major league baseball runs most of it but the rockies definitely they feel a lot of the fringe benefits of it and i think it's going to be a feel-good situation you know baseball somewhat back to normal um it's not a hundred percent back to normal by any means Mm -hmm. Uh, i actually had a i had a i'm starting to have face-to-face conversations with coaches and players again slowly but surely and i had a coach tell me the other day he goes ah things back to normal for you huh i said no not even close uh i said but it's closer than it was last year so uh the state of the game is not quite back to where it was but i think in terms of a lot of ballparks and a lot of organizations the fans are back um i mean all in all it's good because there's just still so much interest not only domestically but internationally Mm -hmm. in major league baseball talk with tim neverett uh gosh i I, it blew my mind he started right here or, or this was part of his journey mile high sports you know, worked with the Pittsburgh Pirates, Boston Red Sox, now with the L.A. Dodgers, and we're going to talk about his upcoming book here shortly, COVID Curveball. I'm very excited about this. Tim, when I say Houston Astros, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I think the first thing that comes to everybody's mind is the fact that uh, they went above and beyond in terms of uh, trying to acquire information in real time that gave them a huge advantage, and, and everybody thinks of the World Series, right? Yeah. And that's what everybody around L.A. thinks. But in 2017, I was actually broadcasting games with the Boston Red Sox. And I actually saw it happen firsthand in the American League playoffs when who was virtually untouchable for most of 2017, went down to Houston. Mm -hmm. And the first two hitters, Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman, had back-to-back home runs, and that was the ball game. Mm-hmm. And they hardly swung at a single breaking ball, and that's his calling card as the slider. Right. So they knew when everyone was coming, and they waited for the fastball, and they crushed him, and and they pounded him. And he had not been hit like that at all the entire season. And, and so I saw it there in the playoffs, and my partner and I, at the time, we're, were looking at each other, going, "We haven't seen this, and they must know what's coming. Wow. They must know somehow." And we were thinking of that. Uh, because it was uncanny. And then uh, during the World Series against the Dodgers, you Darvish, who had a wonderful year, all of a sudden, you know, he's relegated to being just another pitcher who, who got, you know, lit up by the Astros. And then when Clayton Kershaw came out, whose signature for his entire career has been his curveball, they didn't swing at a single curveball. So you tell me how that works. And uh, I'll tell you, just this weekend... Uh, it doesn't matter who they're playing for, but the guys that were with that 2017 team, mm-hmm. I know uh, Josh Reddick has been with the Diamondbacks, and the Dodgers played the Diamondbacks this weekend at home. And uh, every time Reddick, you know, 
came out on the field, and he had to actually pitch on Saturday night when the Diamondbacks were being blown out. I mean, it's just a, a thunderstorm of booze that comes down from the stands every time his name is mentioned or he comes on the field. The Astros do come to Dodger Stadium in early August. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a few weeks now. Yeah. And I can't even imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like because as I, I chronicle in the book, they came there last year during the pandemic season and how different that was and how much extra security they needed even with an empty stadium. No, fascinating. I, I, I could talk to you for hours about this stuff. You know Denver. You know Coors Field. You obviously know the altitude and everything that comes with it, the good, the bad. Can the Rockies win a World Series, my friend? You know, they came close. They got to one in 2007, and they swept their way through the playoffs after having a remarkable run in September, uh, and then were swept by Boston in four games So uh, because they had kind of a long layoff because they had swept everybody up until the World Series, and you know that was a big challenge was to stay fresh and stay ready, and then they got beaten in four games. But uh, they they got there, but it's difficult, I think. And it's you know I'm not so convinced it's all the altitude. Every that's what everybody talks about at Coors Field. Now the home run derby tonight, yeah, the altitude's going to be cool because <laughs> there's there'll be no humidor used with these baseballs, and the baseballs for the home run derby are a little different anyway, so they'll travel a little farther, but um, that's going to be fun to watch. But during a regular game, I think that it's a combination of the altitude and the size of the field. From foul pole to foul pole, I don't know that there's a bigger field. Right. That there's, there's just more space, more real estate, and a lot of hits drop in. Um, you know, Not to name drop, but uh, I had a, a, a conversation about this with one of the best hitters ever, and Tony Gwynn at one time, and I said to him, I said, if you could hit, I said, you flirted with hitting 400 as a Padre. Yeah. And I said, you didn't get there. I said, but if there was a ballpark you could have played your home games in where you think you could have hit 400, and before I could finish the sentence, he <laughs> said Coors Field. Wow. He said, without doubt, Coors Field, and he, and he said the same thing. He said, it's, you know, the altitude's one thing. He goes, but I, I don't hit a ton of home runs. He goes, but there's so much room to get hits in the outfield. And that's something that, you know, it just is what it is. But, the, the, you know, Coors Field is gorgeous. And the thing with the Rockies is that they have all the elements. They have the ballpark, downtown setting. They've got the, the big geographical footprint to draw fans from. They have sure. the, you know, a, their television deal is, is, is pretty good. They, they, you know, they have all these elements in place. But for some reason or another, they still just don't win enough games. And they have everything there to be a team that could be a perennial contender. So I'm not really sure why they don't win all the time, um, because you know, it doesn't have anything to do with their atrocious road record. Uh, but uh, they did take care of business against the Padres a couple of times this weekend. Which yeah. Is good. yeah. So I, I, I like it when the Rockies are better. I think they have a great manager. I really like yes. Bud Black. I thought that was one of the best hires they've made. Um, but, you know, a carpenter's only as good as the tools in his toolbox, too. So I'm hoping that, you know, Bud, who just managed his 2000th game yesterday, is around Colorado for a long time. I hope he gets to see a, a winning season and a, and a season where the Rockies can, can challenge for the National League pennant. Talk with Tim Neverett. He's got a book coming out August 31st, COVID Curveball, an inside view of the 2020 L.A. Dodgers World 
championship season. Boy, Tim, they say a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. You got this out uh, quickly. That's wonderful. When did you first get the idea for the book? You know, it was during quarantine. Uh, after spring training was shut down, uh, just thinking out loud, I mentioned to my wife, I said, you know, what if I chronicled every day? Because we didn't, we didn't know if we'd play 60 games, 100 games, any games. Mm-hmm. We didn't know. We had no idea. So I said, it's going to be so different. And at the time, I didn't know what my role was going to be with the team. If I do five games, 10 games, 60, you know, all of them. And I just didn't know because I go back and forth between TV and radio. And I didn't know how the other guys were going to get affected by a short schedule. So anyway, um, I just thought, okay, we'll do this. So, so each day I wrote it in real time. Okay. Um, so I didn't go back after the season and then write it. I wrote it as it was happening. Every day I wrote something. And then uh, about a week after the World Series ended, I had the manuscript done. And so that's why we were able to, to do this as quickly as, as we could, because it takes forever to get a book out, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I found out. Um, but, you know, this, this book chronicles uh, a lot of different stories. There's a lot of stuff on the Rockies in there and the, and the games that they've played. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, personal baseball stories in there. So it's not just for Dodger fans, it's for baseball fans, but okay. it chronicles the World, the World Series champions of the 2020 COVID season. And it just shows how different things are and were, and some still are, um, you know, from any regular season that we've had. So I, I point out the differences and talk about the testing and all the things that had to go into playing a game every day and broadcasting a game every day mm-hmm. and you know how how we had to do it um so it's a kind of an inside look i i, I didn't try to take you inside the, the clubhouse because frankly we didn't have access okay and we still don't so there's some things that haven't changed for somebody in my position in baseball i know you know like you know drew goodman and jack corgan the guys with the rockies they, they go through the same thing where they don't they have very limited access and that, for some reason, with full stadiums and everything else, is still odd to me that the broadcasters don't have nearly the access that we used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's as a result of the pandemic. And so there's a lot of things in there that you might not have known. There's some never-told-before stories in there. And, um, you know, the, the, the cool thing is, is that uh, just last night I saw the hardcover for the very first time because... Uh, tattered cover bookstore has uh, a limited quantity and i've been told they've already been selling and i'm going over there today and then blake street tavern has a limited number of copies as well that they're selling out of there but this is the only place you can get hard copies is here in denver during the all-star break uh before the release and again as you mentioned the release won't be until august 31st what are you uh what, what are you doing these next few days at the all-star game uh you know Signing books? Are you calling anything? What are your responsibilities, your duties uh, these next couple days? Yeah, well, today at noon, I'll be at Tattered Cover in McGregor Square, uh, along with Keith Law from The Athletic. It's it's part of a uh, kind of a double play panel, they're calling it, where um, you know, Tim Kirchin and uh, Buster Olney will be there doing their panel, and then Keith and I will do a panel on the pandemic and how it's changed baseball, kind of like what we're talking about. Right. Um, and then uh, I'm going to sign... Uh, uh, the copies that they have and, and the ones that people have picked up already. So I'll, I'll sign books there. And then right after that, I'm going over to Blake Street Tavern 
uh, which is on the other side of Coors Field, and I'll be there uh, up until the Home Run Derby, uh, starting at a little bit after one o'clock, and uh, we'll have a meet and greet. Uh, we'll be uh, people will be able to pick up books. I'll sign them. We'll talk baseball, uh, and for the first, when we go to Blake Street Tavern today and tomorrow, again I'll be there one to when the Home Run Derby starts, and then one o'clock to the uh, when the All Star Game begins. But each day at Blake Street Tavern for the first 20 people that come in and pick up a book and then I'll sign it for them. I'll also buy their first beer. How's that? Oh, <laughs> I think you're, uh, I think your audience just doubled. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we like our beer here in Denver. If you haven't heard, there, there are a few microbreweries around town. So that's, yeah, that's, yeah. I've, I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've stepped in a couple. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How can you not, you can't hit a, you can't use a nine iron without hitting another microbrewery. So Tim, uh, I'm looking at the press release here for the book, and it describes this as the most savored World Series celebration in the history of the game, more so than, say, the Cubs a few years ago, the Red Sox. Uh, can you expand on that, the most savored World Series yeah. celebration ever? I, I think for a couple of reasons. Number one, it wasn't as long as the Cubs or Red Sox waited. I get that. Uh, but this was during a different time. Uh, they, you know, they had to wait, you know, 30 plus years because uh, the last one was in 1988. Uh, and it's a long time, especially in Los Angeles where they have so many teams and they expect championships. Sure. They've been spoiled with the Lakers and, and, and so on. So, you know, Lakers and Kings, Kings won the Stanley Cup and, you know, so they just get spoiled. Yep. But that's not the point. The point is, is that it was difficult to do anything. Right? It was difficult to go to the grocery store. It was difficult to get out of your house. It was difficult to, uh, you know, to go to places to go out to eat. It was a, a strange year in that manner that the, winning a World Series not only gave people a glimpse of normalcy, but it gave people a glimpse of hope and that people savored that, saying, hey, we're getting back to what reality is supposed to be. It's taking some time, but here we are. We've got a World Series. We can't have a parade, mm-hmm. but we can sure as heck celebrate this. And, you know, they were lucky they got to go to the White House uh, recently when they were on, on their trip to D.C., the last road trip. And so they've got that part under the belt. They've had the ring ceremony at Dodger Stadium. They've had a reopening night with 50,000 people. Nice. Um, they've had uh, everything but the parade. So it, it, it's... Uh, it's such a gratifying thing for the Dodger fans because they've had so many near misses in recent years also. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 2017, they were cheated out of it. In 2018, they probably could have won it, but Boston was better and beat them in five games. 2019, they thought they were going to just run their way to the World Series again, and they were upset by the buzzsaw that was the Washington Nationals in the division series, and the Nationals went on to win the whole thing. So... You know, they've come so close, and now they finally won it. And I think that's one of the main reasons why it's been so savored as a championship there. We have a few minutes left with Tim Neverett talking some uh, baseball, talking about his new book coming out the end of August, COVID Curveball. Was there one particular moment in the 2020 season, uh, one play, one, one half an inning, one game for the Dodgers where you said, okay, that's it. That was the moment we're winning this whole thing. Well, yeah, I think uh, Game Seven of the National League Championship Series. They were down three to one, and then they came back to tie it. And in Game Seven, 
Uh, I think when Kike Hernandez hit a home run to tie it, and then uh, Cody Bellinger's home run to win it in the eighth inning, um, uh, at that moment I said, "Yeah, no, no doubt, uh, they're they're winning it now." Mm-hmm. And, and you know they struggled with Tampa Bay a little bit, and it almost came down to <laughs> the fact that you know analytics kind of got in the way yeah. in Game Six of the World Series. And here's one thing that I think was the most 2020 thing about baseball. When you go to game six of the World Series, Dodgers are up three games to two. Yeah. And you have a guy who is absolutely dominating on the mound in Blake Snell. And due to analytics, he is relieved of duty and taken out of the game before a guy who's playing third base for the Dodgers who has a positive COVID test. So, you know, that's the pitcher doesn't last as long as the third baseman who's COVID positive in a World Series game. And that, mm-hmm. to me, was the most 2020 thing. Uh, and it was later on in the game when they found out that Turner had the positive test and had to be taken out of the ball game. And I want to say it was just a couple of pitches after Blake Snell was taken out of the game that the Dodgers tied it. And then they took the lead, and then they won the World Series. Because you've got to think, if... They don't do that. If Blake Snell stays in, and he could have could have stayed in, and many say he should have stayed in. And I know Kevin Cash is in town, and he had to make that decision. Who knows if he's listening? But uh, I'm sure he's heard enough about it. But the fact is, if Blake Snell had stayed in, and then Justin Turner was taken out due to COVID, who knows what would have happened? If if the Tampa Bay Rays had won Game Six and tied it. Who knows if we would have even had a game seven? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe there was co-champions. Maybe it was two weeks later. You know, but it ended at the right time. It ended in game six, and uh, and that's how that's how it went. But there was a lot to the 2020 season that I cover in COVID curveball. Um, also, the the, uh, the forward is written by Oral Hershiser. Yes, and Oral was the MVP of the 1988 World Series, and he takes us into his brain what he was going through in '88 getting ready to deliver the last pitch, you know, everything from negotiating the night before and carrying out filming the instant Disney commercial and the chaos that ensues and all that stuff, but really bridging the 88 team to the 2020 team and, uh, you know, how he relates to Julio Urias, who got the last out, and uh, Corey Seager, who's the MVP, and how the MVP changed his life and how it's going to change theirs. Uh, It's a really in-depth forward into the mind of, you know, one of the great pitchers in Dodger history and Oral Hershiser. Hey, you don't have to remind me about Oral Hershiser and the Dodgers. I'm a Mets fan. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> you, you, you'd know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Hard to dislike that guy, though. Uh, I've got one more question for you, then I want to wrap up everything. To, you know, tell us where we can get the book and everything one more time. But I'm looking at your email here, and I just happened, I'm not giving away the personal information, but I noticed you're on Vin Scully Avenue. Uh, can you give us 60 seconds or 30 seconds any great advice? Uh, Vince Scully gave you, whether it was broadcasting or just in life in general, because when that guy's talking, I met him once, I'll sit and listen all day. Is there any any great Vince Scully story you have for us? Let's see. Maybe the first time I met him, I was with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I I hadn't met Vin yet, and I walked into Dodger Stadium first time, and I walked by his booth, and he happened to be turned with his back to the field facing the door. And he went, hey, I can't imitate him, but he went, hey, Tim. And I stopped, and I was just out of his sight because I just passed the doorway, and I stopped, and I froze, and I was actually starstruck. And I don't really get it, 
but I was starstruck. So sure. I kind of backed up, and he goes, hey, come on in here, sit down, and uh, welcome, you know, welcome. He wanted to welcome me. And, he, you know, he knew the whole story and everything. I'm like, wow, this is pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, we just had a nice talk, and uh, I, I left there feeling like I was on cloud nine and that there was nothing I couldn't do. <laughs> I mean, he, he's just, he's magic. You know, he's hes the best there ever was. He's the master. Nobody can ever try to be him because nobody no. ever will be. And I know his best advice is just be yourself, do what you do that got you here. No, that's and, wonderful. And that's... Uh, yeah, so he, he's he's just a, an absolute legend, and you know, feel lucky that I got to, you know, have conversations with him. Yeah, I met him once. I worked at Sherwood Country Club. I'm sure you've, you know, that I met him once there, and it was uh, it was a wonderful moment. I know you have to run, Tim Never, author of COVID Curveball. Tell us once again where we can find you, see you, and where we can get the book. Well, the book's available right now on Amazon for pre-sale. So okay. if you want to get the pre-sale book, you can do it right now so they don't run out in the first printing. I know they've had a lot of Dodger fans buy them, but it's, it's a baseball book that has national appeal, and, and uh, there's a lot of stuff on the Rockies in there, too. So, uh, But it's on Amazon right now. Just search COVID Curveball, uh, and you'll see it in a good description of the book. And you know, Also, it's available in Kindle, the Kindle version, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll, we'll be having an audio book, too, um, and we'll actually be recording that in about another week um, or so. But uh, And you can get the, the real copies and get them signed. The only place in the world to do it is in Denver during the All-Star game. Uh, Tattered Cover has some. And, again, I'll be there at noon today uh, signing them. And we'll have our panel discussion on baseball and the pandemic. And then uh, from 1 o'clock on, both today and tomorrow, at Blake Street Tavern, uh, a block from Coors Field on the other side, uh, Blake Street and Park Ave. And the first 20 people that come in and pick up a book, I'll buy you your first beer today and, uh, and also tomorrow. How's that? And then uh, it's the only place that has the hardcover books that, that we'll sign. And you want to chat some baseball, we'll be happy to do that, too. Tim Never, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. This was a real treat. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to this week. It's a great week for Denver sports to have the Major League All-Star game here. It really is. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful trip, my friend. Okay, thank you. Tim Neverett, wow, that was fun. You get these these gentlemen who have been in sports and calling big-time sports for 30-plus years. I, I could talk to them all day, all day long. Come on back, folks. First segment, a tad long on the morning huddle.